0: So my my middle child was making a list of his famous favorite Christmas songs. Yeah, he just started listing them off for me. This was number three. No kidding, number three. Jose Feliciano. Jose Feliciano. Okay. Have you heard his version of Light My Fire? No. It is amazing. Not a Christmas song, but we should come back with that at some point. Amazing and his his version of the national anthem equally really? controversial at the time did it for a Detroit Tigers game in the sixties equally controversial at the time with uh, the Marvin Gaye version that we all know from yeah. the All Star game um, so we can play that maybe at some point small too. part in Fargo Felici- Am Jose I right? Feliciano yes I think he did I think that's I will look that the up. show they were oh watching. the show oh no no, no, no the, the, the movie th- I think there was a part in there they were watching Jose Feliciano I should I should remember I think that so. do you know yeah, that guy yeah. I have Steve no Buscemi idea. and the uh The, the, the movie World. was great. Yeah. The movie's phenomenal. Awesome. But I didn't Does remember. Aaron, Aaron, are you a movie buff?
1: Not really. I seem to uh, watch about the same seven or eight movies to to fall asleep. They're usually action movies. and uh,
0: So far, Fargo is not one of them?
1: No, no, it is not. Although I, I'm firmly in the camp of Die Hard is a Christmas. Thank movie. you! Thank you! Thank
0: you very much! Thank you. May, you. No, you'll never be booked here again. Greg is, is shaking his head with <laughs> upsetness. It happens uh, in Christmas. It's Stop not a it. Christmas movie. No. And it's a Thank much you. better movie than Love, actually, isn't it?
1: And the Christmas it is. Hollis is one of the best Christmas songs there is, which is featured prominently in the movie. So that may count.
0: You're done. Just let it go, you're bro. This, this argument stop. is never going to be stop. won on either side. It, so it we doesn't just matter. won. No, we just won. That's it's it. Oh,
1: because Aaron came on and said that it. That that's three. Right. You're like you sound <laughs> three. You sound like done. one
0: of those people that's like still arguing about whether or not analytics are a thing. Well, they are a thing, right? You can sit there and argue that if they're not, but you're you're wrong. No, well, th- there's no right and wrong in this just conversation. Stop all right, we serious. won. Talk about the Lakers with Aaron. Oh, all right. Aaron Larson joins us right now, uh, host of the official Lakers podcast, um, which makes my Lakers podcast unofficial
1: um well i mean there there has been a cam brother on on the official lakers podcast i'm not going to mention which one it is but there has been one
0: i have never officially been invited (laughs) so um but it was andy and apparently he said it was a lot of fun and it was well received and all that and it was just it was it was he i feel unofficial that's that's i'm just sad (laughs) um so how was it last night you you travel with the team so what the the contrast in emotions last night must have been stunning between, oh, wait, we just beat the Warriors by 26, and, oh, Jesus, LeBron got hurt. So what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, it was, but I'll take it a step back before that. it was There was kind of a strange vibe in the building uh, in general. I'm from the Bay Area. I've been to hundreds of games at Oracle, and uh, the Lakers fans, Lakers Nation traveling up to the Bay or, or uh, fans in the Bay, it was the loudest I'd ever heard of visiting fan base in Oracle ever, and then obviously in the third quarter, LeBron goes down and and we're all kind of waiting word for what that looked like, so it was kind of a a tale of of two vibes uh, from the beginning, but then after the game, uh, LeBron told me actually on the bus, on the way to the airport, that when it popped, he he felt it pop and heard it pop, and and everyone that was watching on TV heard or saw the replays of him mouthing that. He told me when it first happened, he thought he was done. Um, And then... After he'd gotten a little, uh, got it checked out a little bit and went back to the locker room, he he was told that the muscle was intact and that it probably was just a strain, which is what we found out today, Uh, and he was in a pretty good mood. So it's a team that takes its cues from LeBron, especially the young guys, so kind of the mood of the team mirrors LeBron, and LeBron was in a really good mood last night on the bus and then on the plane and after the game talking to people, so... I think, kind of surprisingly, the mood was pretty good, and everybody was really satisfied with the win.
0: Well, I mean, that's good news. I mean, but how how do you treat a guy who's never hurt? How do you treat a guy that's not human? How long does this groin last for the average guy, and then how long does it last for LeBron?
1: Well, well, it, I don't, I don't know if we're going to call Steph an average guy, but Steph had a, a similar injury and missed eleven games, and then said last night, uh, "This is not one you want to mess with. You want to be extra cautious right. because." Uh, as, as as you know, I'm, I'm sure pulling some groins playing football. Uh, you know, it's one of those ones that can kind of linger. Those muscle injuries, hamstrings, and groins, and calves, and all that kind of linger. So it was 11 for Steph. I don't know if uh, Steph is, is a regular human. LeBron certainly isn't. Uh, it, it sounded like, and he thought he, it was it was really bad. And then uh, today, basically, the MRI said everything's okay. I don't know how long LeBron's going to be out. He's, he's going to be out. He's not going to travel with the team up to Sacramento tonight. So he'll be out tomorrow and then there's the, the back to back with the Clippers on Friday. So I, I don't know how long LeBron is going to be out, but it, it, to answer your question, I don't think you treat LeBron as a human because he has shown over his uh, 16, 15 plus years in the league that he isn't human. So, but it, it's a tough stretch of games here coming up with, you know, the Kings, twice the Kings, the Clippers in between with the back to back and then OKC, uh, the next four games, all, all playoff teams. So it's, a, it's a tough little stretch here coming up for the Lakers, but uh, I, I think the, the Lakers feel pretty good about where they are and are positioned to be somewhat patient with LeBron. Obviously, you don't want this one to linger, uh, but the what the Western Conference is, is pretty tight. So the Lakers need them back as quickly as possible, but obviously you got to uh, be a little bit cautious as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You look at it, and you know, the Lakers are two and a half games out of first. Uh, they're also, uh, just to make sure I get the number right, two games out of ninth. Uh, and two yeah, and a half games a half out of ten,
1: and two and a half out of tenth,
0: 10th And then if you want to give it a three, round. you
1: add one more game to that, and they're like fourteenth. So it, yeah, it, and I, I actually saw a stat this morning. I don't. I would love to give credit to where I saw it, but I don't. I don't remember. But this is the first time ever in NBA history that there have been ten teams at five hundred or better in a conference at Christmas time in the West.
0: So. Right, and you and you look at it, Aaron, and we're talking to Aaron Lasuul, who hosts the officials official Lakers podcast. um, you you look at anything like the teams that are below five hundred are still pretty good. I mean, you know, uh you know, Utah is getting there yeah, like we everybody expected the them. Posture, yeah. Right. Minnesota's still got Carl Anthony Towns and they've you know, they've at least gotten less terrible since they figured out this Jimmy Butler stuff. New Orleans has Anthony Davis. Like there there's no trash out there other than Phoenix, I guess. Yeah, and Phoenix who's
1: who's won a bunch of games recently themselves.
0: Right. Um, And so you look at it, and at the beginning of the year, you would have thought, okay, LeBron's going to miss three or four or five games, you know, whatever it might be. But two of them against the Kings, one of them against the Clippers, there's really no need to rush. And now, all of a sudden, the prospect of missing five or six games or whatever it might be uh, of LeBron can get you into a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, it can. And I I think it's going to be, obviously, LeBron is always going to want to play. He played 82 games last year and and led the (laughs) league in minutes. So LeBron is always going to play, but as Lonzo said last night, and and Josh and Kuz also said last night, look, obviously we want LeBron back as soon as possible if he's going to miss any time, which we've learned today that he is. But they take pride, and they're all pros, too. they got some really good players, so those guys are going to take pride in, you know, I don't want to say keeping the Lakers afloat, but you manage it and keep the Lakers afloat until LeBron can come back whenever that is. But you kind of have to balance that with... If you go on a four or five six game losing streak in the West, you can be in trouble in a hurry
0: um so what does it look like when it when they come back like we, we saw it last night, Aaron with uh you know Rajan Rondo doing a lot of the lifting he had 10 assists and uh fifteen points, and a lot of that was you know backloaded into the third quarter and the fourth when LeBron was out. we saw more strong play from Zubots. um in theory, you know Brandon Ingram ought to have a little bit more space to to have the ball in his hands. What do you expect things to look like over the next couple games? We'll call it that while LeBron heals.
1: You know, I think it's going to be a, a work in progress, kind of similar to to how the rest of the year has been. You know, since since Tyson Chandler has been here, and I've been looking at this this morning. I think the Lakers have only had the, the full squad together. Their whole their whole rotation has only been together once since Tyson Chandler has been here, uh, the uh, the November tenth game against Sacramento. So. I think it's going to be, you know, shout out to Luke for being able to manage all this, but I think it's going to be another situation where the Lakers are going to have to kind of learn on the fly and and figure out who they are and what they can do without LeBron. I I think the one guy really to look at, you mentioned Brandon, but the other guy to really look at is is Lonzo. He's Mm -hmm. 11th on the team in usage, and if you take out some of the guys, you know, Isaac Bonga who doesn't play much, take out some of those guys, he's still 8th in the team uh, in usage rate. So... Hopefully, we're going to see some more aggressiveness from Lonzo. A few weeks ago, there was an uptick in his aggressiveness uh, when, when Brandon first went out and, and Rajon was out. So I, I think really that's I think the barometer for the team the next few games, however long LeBron is out, is going to be Lonzo and his aggressiveness and his usage, his shot attempts, uh, you know his his attempt at creation and even turnovers. I think uh, Lonzo sort of forcing the issue or forcing the aggressiveness. I think is is what is going to need to happen for the Lakers to continue winning while LeBron is out. Uh, but also, the the depth of the team has been very important so far. I mentioned they haven't had the full squad together much, uh, so I, I think it's going to be leaning on that depth. You know, uh, Tyson Chandler's banged up back spasms, and uh JaVale has, has been out for for a handful of games now. And as you mentioned, Zeus stepping in. So, I think the two things to look at are the aggressiveness of Lonzo and upping that usage rate, and then just kind of relying on the depth.
0: I'm a big believer in next man up. Uh, But from your perspective, who would be next in line in terms of leadership on court? LeBron's obviously the guy. Who would be the next guy? Who steps up in his stead in terms of leadership?
1: Yeah, and the Lakers really do, and they keep talking about it next man up. I mean, but we're going to be honest here for a second. There is no next man when it's LeBron. Um, But to answer your question... I think it's fortunate for the Lakers that Rajan Rondo is back because he has been, look, and he's been, he's been helpful in leading and talking to the guys, uh, even while he was out with the broken hand, but that's different than being on the court. Uh, so since the beginning of the year, that the two main leaders of this team, the most vocal guys, the guys that are picking different teams and scrimmages and going at each other have been LeBron and Rondo. Uh, and that was kind of the idea in bringing in the vets, bringing in the guys with championship experience in the offseason. So I think it's really Rajon Rondo, and the Lakers are fortunate. He played great last night, as as you guys mentioned. Uh, so I, I think Rajon Rondo is the next man up in continuing to lead this team, being the vocal leader and the on-floor leader. All
0: right, Aaron Larsul, he hosts the uh, official Lakers podcast with Suzy Sh- Schuster. You find that uh, at Podcast One. And everywhere, DeMarco, you find podcasts. Uh, he is a, a nice. smart guy, knows a lot about the Lakers, travels with him, She's and knows that Die Hard is a Christmas movie and therefore (laughs) is wise in many ways. There you go. Uh, Aaron, thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it.
1: Appreciate you guys. Anytime.